cha 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 la 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 Oh, yes. Welcome. It is high noon, and you are listening to mutinyradio.sf.fm and .sf. I got a lot of distractions going on because we are going to be doing the Zoom poetry call with Glasgow, Scotland, and beyond. Doing scratch poetry tonight. Going to be doing some workshopping on a bunch of different artists' pieces. And then we're going to get to the open mic as we do to do. And I've got new work tonight. I'm really excited. So we're going to get right to it. Enjoy some Kope, the Japanese Bjork. And we're going to be right back with poetry. All the way from Glasgow, Scotland, with your special guest hosts, Aaron Gannon and Andy Talbot. It's so hard to listen, try to listen and talk at the same time. It is scratching my belly and rubbing my head. So we're going to be right back here. Mutiny Radio. audience we're gonna get started in about five minutes if you're listening to this podcast later on which that would be amazing just kind of skip up a little bit uh in the in time because we're just going to be or unless you really love copay which if you do awesome this is a um, an album from like 2007 called artificial insemination by copay and i uh, hope you enjoy it we're going to be listening to it for a little bit we're going to be right back with scratch poetry here on tonight's CPCL stands for Choose Poetry, Choose Life. We've been doing this for like a year now. I can't believe it, but it's amazing. Over a year, we've been doing this for a year now. So, yeah, right? And uh, I just read an article in the uh, somewhere in the somethings, and they were like, oh, yeah, poetry's making a comeback in San Francisco. And I'm like, it, it left? But it did. It left for a minute because all the poets became comedians. And now I guess all the comedians are writing poetry. I don't know. Everyone's writing poetry again. Yes. And it absolutely makes sense because we just had a pandemic where everybody was shut inside like Emily Dickinson up in their freaking third story tower being like, <laughs> right? It's a, just writing poems, just getting them out. Really excited about the new issue, A Skirtin' Around, is going to be coming out soon. Uh, yeah, so just mentioning that on the radio, look for that feminist publication out of the UK about uh, gender stereotypes and uh, how clothing affects us and all that kind of wonderful stuff. All right, we're going to be right back here with poetry. And all right, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We've got Aaron Gannon and Andy Talbot. We'll be right back. <laughs> Justin's 
basically the, the the rules are don't be a dick and this is an open space it's a queer friendly space it is a non um it's a weirdo safe space <laughs> like, uh i use that term in a positive way uh, uh but anyways so yeah like um that's pretty much it we are ready to go i guess um with aj to be our first scratch and then we'll have a break and then we'll have another well we'll have another scratcher and then we'll have a break and then we'll have our open mic as per usual so um yeah cool. take it away aj okay right then well i'm going to start by um sharing my screen i've never done this before so uh Hopefully, the, can everyone see what's on the screen at the minute? It should be uh, a Word yep. document with the poems in. Awesome. I can see it. Yep. Cool. Cool. Okay. So um, I'm going to read the introduction to this um, for the audience who are listening as well, um, just so they understand what I'm going on about, and also for people who have it who weren't copied in on the email. I sent this around in, so this is going to be a bit a bit wordy to begin with. Um, how do you write poetry at the end of the world? That's the question I'm trying to answer in my writing at the moment. Climate change has reached a point where it's on the verge of creating runaway effects. Our increasing interpenetration of the wilderness has led to zoonotic viruses jumping species from animals to humans at an unprecedented rate. The current coronavirus pandemic is the fourth such zoonotic virus to afflict humanity since the beginning of the 21st century, and in all likelihood, the next one will be worse. The political will to tackle either of these crises is profoundly lacking in our leaders, who are dependent for their power and prestige on the very systems which are making these crises worse. A business elite, which has been fawned over as never before in history, are presented to us as heroic innovators, but the best they can come up with are fantasies of escaping to Mars or building a new life in New Zealand. A media ecosystem, which has multiplied the voices of the worst of humanity, has given birth to monsters like Trump and Bolsonaro, and the more of these freaks there are crawling out of the woodwork and oozing their way into power, the more likely it becomes that we may even be wiped out by the decidedly retro terror of nuclear holocaust. And this could be inflicted by one man, the President of the United States. The country which prides itself as the shining beacon of democracy is in reality what the philosopher Elaine Scarry has called a thermonuclear monarchy in which the idea of the divine right of kings has been frighteningly externalized in the football the president is accompanied by at all times, uh, the football being the briefcase containing the button which will send the signal to deploy the United States nuclear arsenal. It doesn't matter that at present the power resides in the supposedly more liberal hands of Mr. Joseph Robinette Biden. To quote Kanye West, no one man should have all that power. And to quote Elizabeth Sandifer, author of Near Reaction, A Basilisk, let us assume that we are fucked. What then? Where then for poetry? Poetry has a long history of making romantic claims for itself, which can flatter our egos as poets. Shelley called poets the unacknowledged legislators of humanity, but a political movement which quoted Shelley's Mask of Anarchy and hoped that the masses would rise like lions from our slumber was defeated brutally at the hands of the British deep state and the stubborn 40% of the UK population which seems, 
after 40 years of neoliberal hegemony to delight only in cruelty for its own sake. In the country where I live, the government is running a concentration camp for asylum seekers and claiming we shouldn't call it such because it is based in a former military barracks. And to compare military accommodation to a concentration camp is supposedly an insult to our brave men and women in uniform. You know, the ones who murdered and tortured millions in Iraq and Afghanistan in occupations bungled so badly they had to be escorted out of one of those countries by the Mahdi army and are in the process of negotiating to hand the other back to those Bamidan Buddha blasting bogeyman the Taliban. Or maybe they mean the technical advisors who helped run the Saudi death machine creating the greatest humanitarian crisis of the century in Yemen. The media establishment in the UK conducts a hate campaign against trans people, Muslims, and people of color, and then overplays our meager attempts to defend ourselves against this onslaught as a cultural Marxist conspiracy. Any attempt to confront this situation in art is, of course, immediately recuperated as further evidence of this woke agenda and used as the basis for manufactured controversy, which presents the aggressors in this situation as victims. See, for example, the recent denunciation of Tory Peters' detransition baby by UK feminist academics and publishing figures. Feminist is in quotes there. Spoken word seemed like a revolutionary force in the UK circa 2012. But these days, the cadences of spoken word performance are used in commercials for ready meals. I do not think there is any hope, but if there is, I am convinced more and more that it is not going to come from poetry. And yet, to quote the motto of Felicia Rose Chavez's anti-racist writing workshop students, I write anyway, but why? And what kind of writing can you produce in a world with no hope? If, as the titles of best-selling poetry anthologies suggest, part of poetry's strength lies in its power to console and to provide hope, how and what do you write if you feel no consolation and no hope? Is it possible to find a way to live and create without hope? Or is there a hope buried in the very idea of living a hopeless life, which is itself just another insult on top of injury? These are the questions I'm trying to answer in the following poems. The questions which broadly I would like feedback on are the following. One, how well do these poems react to this situation at the level of form? I'm trying to find a poetics which is adequate to this time of monsters, to quote Gramsci, but is the lyric form suitable for such a task? Do conventions like rhyme actually work against this intention by providing a false aesthetic comfort in the face of real horror? Second question, as a follow-on from the first, if I need to find a better form to tackle this in, what direction should I go in? Is there a more avant-garde route I should follow? I'm very impressed by, for example, the work of Harry Josephine Giles, but it's been a long time since I wrote anything truly experimental. If the lyric mode has become a cage, what tools should I use to break out? And very open to suggestions for that. Um, and finally, um, what could I do better at the level of each individual poem? So yeah, this is kind of a sort of catch-all question if anyone has anything else they want to add, um, but I have included some poem-specific questions after some pieces, and I would like feedback on those questions. So this has been a long introduction, uh, so I'm going to get to the poems now. M-M-T-U. We were supposed to be prophets, I cried into the light polluted sky as we passed the all-night fruit machine arcade. 
It was late and I was drunk and tired and had learned a poet that I knew had raped and beaten his now ex-girlfriend. He was the third I had heard about that summer, the third fellow warrior I'd learned had been fighting for the other side the whole damn time. The third prophet proved false. And I? Was I a fool for keeping faith with the mission I thought we all served in? For thinking we could make the world a less dishonest place with words? Was I a liar or an idiot? Were my feet made of clay or mobsters concrete? Then I couldn't say. These days I know better. I know that all hope is a lie, that millions of us will die and will suffer, and some will be suffering soon. We were supposed to be prophets. Some prophets are prophets of doom. Home specific question for this one. Is the use of end rhyme after a poem in which most of the rhymes have deliberately been buried within lines too comforting? Or does it work as a way of indicating the poem's conclusion? Is it a sort of cack-handed attempt at providing closure, or is it a door slamming shut, basically? Second poem. Where I grew up, the pavement cracks. Where I grew up, the pavement cracks. The earth is rarely still. My concrete school, held up by girders, worked with drills for every year I studied there, was dynamited in my second year at university. The sixth form head insisted a false lottery of students for the honour of pushing the plunger would be won by some first-year girl who'd look cute on Look North. My cynicism tutors were Catholic, Northern, working class, and sick of ten years of the Tories. Where I grew up, the ground subsides. The soil is honeycombed with mines, pits where, as elsewhere, folk died in finding fuel for us to burn, which, burnt, will change our children's skies. And the poem-specific question for this one is, should I put some more commas in the final verse? So I tried putting some punctuation around, you know, pits where as elsewhere, and which burnt will change our children's skies, but I didn't like how it looked on the page. Um, but reading back over it, I don't know if that actually makes it too fast, and I need to put some commas in there to slow things down in that last verse. Third poem, Monster Ballad. I made friends with a monster when I was 19 as old as my hometown and bigger than me. I buried my heart in the hill where she lived and that meant I could use her to do what I did. I called her for murder, I called her to war. When called, she would slaughter as she had before I befriended her up on that hill. I told her my wish and she showed me my will and before I would leave her, she'd teach me to kill. I made friends with a monster when I was 19 and somewhere along the way, she became me. And the poem-specific question for this is, is this too much like a song? Like, I kind of know what I'm trying to get at in the poem, and it is related to the previous one in a way, but um, is it too simple? Is it too ballady? Fourth poem, uh, penultimate one, 
uh, inspiring end of show poem. I should really have put this at the end of this list. This poem will not be voiced over footage of moss-covered rocks by a river in woodland whose water bounces light just right into the lens of a professional camera. This poem will not be soundtracked almost subliminally to start with, but which rises under the last stanza, which will not tie everything together, will not call back to its first line and lines from poems that I read 10 minutes ago or back at the start of the show. This poem refuses closure, shuts the door on resolution. This poem will not change the world. This poem will not save your life. This poem will not heal your broken mind and it sure as shit cannot heal mine. This poem is ultimately a waste of time. This poem will accomplish nothing. In that respect, it will be like the others. And I guess I haven't actually put in um, a question for that poem, but it does occur to me that, um, do we really need another poem which talks about itself as a poem? You know, I always try to avoid doing those you know, poems about writing poetry, but have I strayed too far into that territory there? And then finally, uh, a very short one, this is called Hanami. Sakura blossom earlier than ever, a garland for humanity's extinction. And that's it. Um, so uh, I'll go back to the, the questions and Erin, did you say that you had like the questions blown up bigger on something or? That was amazing. Um, if you're sharing your screen, then I'll throw it up. I'll throw up my, the like. Yeah, so that'd you... be great. Okay, so I'll, I'll un, I'll stop, I'll stop the screen sharing. Yeah. Uh, button which says stop share, that's handy. Okay, yay, right, ooh. And then I'll share my screen which has the big questions. I kind of just made them um, like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, I don't know, I guess I'll, we have like about, I don't know, like, let's say, well, you know what? Let's just say we have like about 10 minutes or seven minutes to provide feedback and I'll put on some music and then we can come back and discuss. Is that okay? Does that sound all right to everybody? Question, question. Do, do we have a copy of these poems we can look at or no? I emailed this out to people in the group email, but I was everyone in the group email or? I don't, well, it was actually probably just you, me, and the scratch. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Um, okay. uh, so hold on a second. I, like, I just, do you have a link to share the doc? You can put it in the chat. Um, yeah, probably. Hang on. Um, Sorry. It just, it helps me when I can see it again. My of course, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the thing. That's one of the things about doing this on, in this format, is that we're going to be like, really tweaking around with trying to figure out how to like let me just get, um yeah because like we don't want that Ooh, i have my phone so i can do this link. okay sorry there's a question and 
Okay, I'm just, I'm just, I've copied the link. I'm going to try and put it in the chat. Thanks, AJ. Sorry. Okay, let Got me it. know if you can see that because um, if 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 following that gets you to the document or if. Um, Perfect. I've got it. Yep, that's great. Okay. And I guess probably um, people should maybe unmute. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll put my email address. We want to just do we want to just discuss and not have and not like take some time, or do you just want to go straight into? Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Sure. No. If people if people want to look at them and take some. Yes. Sorry. No. I'm. That's okay. I just put on Boy. playlist for the purposes of. So we'll just take a little bit of time, and then everybody raise your hand if you think like we're you're pretty much done. But I got to complete your Mac on the phone. We'll be back in momentarily with uh, Choose Poetry, Choose Life. We're going to listen to a little Bug House Square in the background while we're uh, just from my end. So. They call them the Diamond Dogs.
Endrime first. So there was a little bit of um, almost trying to get to that rhyme yeah. as uh, at the end of the poem. And I'm not, you know, I mean, I, I, I wrote that one today, so I'm not, I'm not 100% sure that that's the ending yet. You know, it's like... Yeah, you, you, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's not bad, but, you know, it's, you know, for my, for my taste, it's probably, you know, I'd probably do something different, but it's your poem. Lisa, yeah, go ahead. I see you, um, Lisa. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, I would like to say with the monster ballad, um, I didn't... Like it is a little sing songy, I would agree, but I feel like if you would um like alternate or um have some end line variety. So in one stanza, um her is at the end of each line. Um and I think making that a variety might help. However, I also just wanna say that even though there is a lot of rhyming and that's not usually my style, I think it works really well um in how you have internal rhymes and I just think it oftentimes does work in your favor and I'm not, I think that's unique to you and I wouldn't want to necessarily take that away, AJ. Thank you, thanks. Um, one of the things that I want to say in terms of the, like the rhyming, um, like I also feel like rhyming can be used as a way to reveal madness instead of creating like some sort of comfort. Um, and so I was thinking that like, I, I, I feel like maybe to use, to contrast the, um, is it MMTU was the first poem that we did about yeah. the false prophet and then um, the monster poem, like to, I feel like the rhyming, even though a lot of it was kind of internal rhyming, did create a kind. I I felt disappointment in that poem, but I didn't feel like the like the rage or the anger. Um, yeah. But in Monster, I feel like I felt like it worked. In but I wonder if because you're you're saying was it too much like a song, and yeah. I'm thinking maybe if you exaggerated the rhyme in that. <laughs> For, that would make it not sound like a song at all. And that yeah. would ex actually help exacerbate the kind of madness that you're trying to talk about. And yeah. just in terms of rhyming generally, not just in term, not just related to your question, like about your work specifically, but you're asking also questions about like kind of, especially because of your intro, but like, like really this should, you should, this should really, I feel like you should turn this into a presentation like at various freaking symposiums, but like, or are you, is that what you're working on? <laughs> I've got a vague notion of doing it as some kind of a show. Um, okay, gotcha. So like, for example, obviously having a, a poem that is meant to be a, a parody of, um, well, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's the parody of a trailer for someone's show that I saw, um, but uh, which, which, which actually sounded like a really interesting show, but the right. trailer just, made me you know uh, yeah um but so ha having a parody of that end of show poem that you could have in there right. so i mean partly these are these are all sort of napo remo things these are all things i've been writing this month um, right. because i wanted to generate new stuff for the scratch right um but i'm also sort of vaguely 
I have this idea of doing a show about this, but at the minute I'm just trying to to just come up with stuff. So we're your we're your R and D department right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but so what? I, so basically, what I was going to say is, like, just to compare and contrast once again, like I felt like the the rhyming, the rhyming, the worry that you have about rhyming generally in terms of the state of like poetry or language, I think that worry is valid for like for a poem like the MMTU, but I feel like in the second one, you could take that further and the anger and the rage and the kind of madness would be exacerbated. I don't think I am like, and because and I wanted to repeat that only because I am taking a stand that rhyming does not have to be comforting. And yes. I know because yeah. my mother made it like that when I was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Have yeah. somebody who likes to freaking rhyme yelling at you all the time, and you can. It, it'll, it's not. It doesn't have to be comforting. So, um, yeah, I think that was like kind of my answer, mostly to number one. I'm trying to think, like, yeah, because like, and that will take this, and then that. If you, if you, if you work, if you can find a way to exacerbate that, then it takes that question about the individual poem question you had about sing-songiness. That takes yeah. it out of it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that's my, so um, yeah, sorry. So anybody else want to talk about yeah, Carolyn? About the, about the rhyme. I think it makes a difference if it's specifically to be read on the page or if this is going to be something that's performed because when you have rhyme that's, it's almost like you're self-referential sometimes when you're using that rhyme and you're talking about yourself. I, I think it makes a difference stylistically when you're performing it. I enjoy that rhyme at the end, and I'm not sure if it jives with me if it's just specifically to be read. I think it just matters yeah. depending on what, what you're doing with this, if it is meant to be performed or if it's meant to be published, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think I always do think about things in terms of performing because that's kind of the background that I'm from is is doing spoken word stuff and doing shows. But um, yeah, um, they 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 are written more with a sense of being performed. But then I like I the don't necessarily because then I like the rhyme because <laughs> I feel like it informs you as the character on stage and that works but when I'm if I was reading it in a anthology of poems and I came across some of the end rhyme it wouldn't be as powerful it would be more yeah like using a convention or being comforting as opposed to yeah. on stage it conveys part of your persona yeah you guys how come I can't find the freaking chat while I'm sharing my screen like isn't that ridiculous Sorry, like I've been sitting here trying to find the chat so I can I, tell people. I think you maybe I'm have to change it. the view if you if you take it off full screen. Yeah. So if you go into view, I guess options, I didn't want to do that because I wanted the people to. I wanted to see the right. questions. I I have an icon on the bottom that says chat, and what it does, it'll open up a pop up. Window. Yeah, yeah. I finally found it, but oh, here we go. Okay, I found it, you guys. Now. 
is my chat and my looking at you guys talking, bro- blocking your view of the screen of AJ's yeah. questions? Okay, yeah. that's, no, that's, it's not. It's just on you. It's just that on makes me, That's what I was hoping, but I, you know, you know, tech, John. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I was like, that would make sense. But okay, um, so I did notice that Carolyn and and Lynx and Myra want to Moira. see. Okay, My, Myra. Um, Moira or Myra? It's Myra. Moira. Moira. Okay. So that in that order. Okay. Yeah. So um, I guess quite a lot has been said about the rhyme, but I think for I think for tapping into what Aaron said, I think yeah, it's, the question I think is not is the rhyme the right choice or not. I think the question is what are you doing with it and what was your purpose for using it. So I think like in Monster Ballad, it does it it, it kind of it, there's a speed to Monster Ballad that gets carried along by the rhyme, and I think that works in that one. Um, I mean, I guess my question to you would be: Is it is that your kind of go-to thing? Are you trying to break away from it? You know, what why is your question about it? Um, you know, your question is: Is it too much like a song? Mm. Does that matter? The question is why did it become a song or, yeah. or are you you know i think that's maybe what i would think about yes. um it's interesting what you said about mmtu that you, is that the one that you said you'd had the last line yeah right yeah because it i i did think it fell a bit flat that one but not yeah. because of the rhyme necessarily but it just it just wasn't it wasn't an unexpected conclusion yeah and i think i think there is quite a um People, yeah, it's quite a tendency to want to tidy up a poem and have a nice ending to yeah. it. But quite often, you can just get rid of the ending, and it's a better poem sometimes. Yeah. You know, so um, I don't think it really added anything to it. I was really interested in your line breaks, um, mm. like because I felt I've always heard your poetry. So now this is why I like to see it as well, because I think that's you know it's all part of the same thing really. Um, and I was interested what you know why you chosen to break your lines where you did because I sort of felt I could see it going longer yeah. you know is that I just wondered what your reasons were behind those yeah sorry I'm throwing more questions at you no 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 that's 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 good that's good <laughs> um I sort of like to break before a rhyme if I can so that instead so that the rhyme occurs in in the following line rather than at the end of of another line because I think I think it helps the poem flow when it's read um I think it makes it feel the thing that I that I think about is to me it's sort of like um syncopation in a way it's like being off the beat instead of um I just feel like and if if everything has end rhymes, um, I think it slows things down a bit. Things become kind of, you know, slow and stately. And I like to try and avoid doing that. Yeah, um, no, I totally get that. And I think as well, if you did like have each, yeah, if you did like, if you had each line ending with a rhyme, it would it would be something else completely, and it would it it would be too rhymy, <laughs> definitely. Um, but I just I almost wondered if like you, it felt quite prose poemy to me in a way. So mm-hmm. I want I don't know, but that's me just like that's just something. No, um, um, have I got anything else? Um, and then um, inspiring end of the show poem. I think I, is it a poem about a poem? I think it's more than that, really. So I think you can have that. Um, 
And I felt it, the first and second stanzas were stronger because the language was more like this poem will not, this poem will not. And the last one I thought got a bit wordy, this poem ultimately, this, you know, in that respect. So I think it's kind of like yeah. maybe just like, you you know, just kind of, I think every word has to be doing, you know, like three things. So, you know, whatever yeah. the phrases. So, you know, just maybe like um, pairing back to give it more power. Um, yeah. Because I loved your, your intro was fascinating. Like what you were going to, you know, like, you know the, the intro to it and I just felt it's not quite no it's well yeah this yeah it's, it's, that's where my head's at at the minute but I'm, I'm very aware that everything that I'm you know I'm groping towards this but I don't like I don't feel I've I've written something that properly faces up to it yet so it's like yeah I think just turn it up turn it up and just keep yeah yeah and okay, so uh, before because I feel like we're moving into um one question two territory <laughs> oh okay sorry <laughs> you know what I mean like so I would like to get um links and Mo Moira and Fabius's answers in before we move on to question two um so links I'm asking you to unmute darling hey how are you doing Hi. <laughs> You're, you're just Francis upside down. Wait, that's who you are, yes. <laughs> he's not upside down, I he's sideways. There's something new about my brain. I can't recognize someone if they're horizontal. That's, <laughs> that's fascinating. It's like a really ancient tablet, and I don't know why. Awesome sauce. Okay, so questions about number one. What was number one again? What's that question? Okay, it's on the screen. Um, how well do these poems react to the situation of the frickin' end of the world at the level of form? Uh, AJ says she's trying to find a poetics which is adequate to this time of monsters, but is lyric form suitable for such a task? Do conventions like rhyme work against or this intention by providing a false aesthetic comfort in the face of real horror. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I'm going to get a bit head shrinkery. I think AJ, if, if like questions that are so kind of in-depth and kind of, I think you're answering a lot of your own questions, aren't you? Um, I think if you've got these doubts about it, you're, uh, you're already kind of moving towards the fact that you want to do something different you're obviously dissatisfied with it and uh, I don't think it really matters what anyone here really thinks if, if yeah. you're um, I mean uh, there's nothing wrong with with rhyme per se is there um, and also it's like what does what does experimental mean I mean, uh, it means like such a big kind of catch-all isn't there it's like, yeah I think that's it I mean I think one of the reasons I'm asking the second question is like I'm, I'm kind of hoping people will like throw examples at me that I can look at and then try and see if there's another way of of doing this you know um the uh the Harry Josephine Giles um example occurred to me because I got her um she did a a, a sort of oratorio recently um which she did as a performance piece and I've got the um the the sheet music for that essentially arrived in the the mail uh, yesterday and um 
it's a re- the score that's the one and, and it's a really interesting score because it's like um it's really bizarre um and when i try to write stuff i always feel like i just kind of like i'm trying to do things in this kind of lyric way of reacting where something is in a form and it's controlled and it's you know contained and i want to maybe find a way of breaking that containment and of almost incorporating incorporating the question into the poem and i don't feel that i'm necessarily doing that in these yet you know um i feel like i'm sort of hoping that people might be able to give me examples of of sort of other people who are taking not necessarily approaches to this question but approaches to like blowing up the lyric that that i could maybe draw on and think about and and take some ideas from again i don't want to get to second question number two before we've gotten everybody's answers to number one well that's so I'm going to Myra. Okay. Hi. I think the whole thing with rhyme is that deciding if is that rhyme isn't the be all and end all. It works or it doesn't work. And sometimes that's a purely personal choice. The poem, um, the what is it, the monster bar- ballad. Ballad, sorry. On that one, I think the simplicity and with the rhyme in is like a juxtaposition with the horror. Mm. And in one way, it brings it, makes it more powerful because you have this idea of something that, let's say, something that it's seen as like twee and the short lines and it's little. But when you actually hear, read the, the words, that veneer of simplicity and sweetness with rhymes can actually emphasize the horror. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I, re- I like that one because it actually, the rhymes in a way drew me in. And then you're like, oh my goodness, this is really strong stuff. But you don't realize it straight away. Um, in so, which case it kind of makes it sinister. Yeah, that veneer, that, and I think particularly with that piece, that fits in. Um, so that, that veneer of simplicity with the um, I made friends and all, it just, yeah. And I, I personally, I do quite like rhyme. I've read some stuff where I think people are deliberately trying not to rhyme and it's like oh I'm not going to fall into the trap of rhyme and I've read some stuff where people are rhyming and it's so contrived it's just horrible you know the, the rhyme takes precedence over the words and the poem and the feelings and the meaning so if you're not doing that I think go for it and especially spoken I, I prefer, if, an, if I'm reading poetry, I would always rather read it aloud than in yeah. my head. 
I don't actually, I don't, I sit and I read stories in silence, but reading a poem, I would say it. Um, but that, that's my preference. Um, I'd never read a book of poetry on the bus, sort of thing. Okay. <laughs> but, um, and so, yeah, I think it, if the rhyme feels right to you when you're doing the poem and when you're saying the poem, go for it. And yeah, does that? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we go to Flavius, who's going to, who had something to say about answer number one. And then we will start getting into the major, because the questions flow straight into each other. So, yeah, I'm Flavius, take it away to go into the second question. Sorry, AJ, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying uh, to, like, I want well, your answer. Yeah, I want your question answered, so. So, and what I wanted to say is that rhyme is sort of a double-edged sword. Because rhyme is not really a convention. Neither is it subject to convenience. Although it is you know, limited by phonetic rules, it should never constrain the theme or the intention or the overall rhythm of a poem. Rhythm can be expressed in syntax, semantics, even pace itself. Rhyming walks and doesn't in serious, serious issue poems because it, it all relates to whether you feel like you are expressing the rhythm with a purposeful intention or not. In my eyes, rhyme here sort of sets a sense of disenchantment or, you know, disappointment, when I think it should have evoked a mixture of sorrow and rage. One of the strongest, yet most difficult aspects of translating and writing poetry is creation and preservation of rhythm. If you only find rhythm that would suit an intention, one must experiment not only with form, but with words themselves. But poetry is believed to be the correlation between sound and emotion. I think it's rather the link between emotion and rhythm. You know, the prosodic aspects of poetry are very imaginative. When you write a poem, you're sort of painting something in your, in your mind. And rhyme and all these aspects that correlate with rhythm are just like the strokes from your brush. So you can make the brush thicker, thinner, you can make, you know, just little dots on the canvas. It all depends on what you want to express. And to truly find something that expresses this sort of feeling of uh, the world descending and we aren't doing too much about it. You must truly look inside, within, and ask yourself, what sort of reason does this sort of apocalypses have? Like the, the, the role we are playing in the earth must have a rhythm in your mind. And I think you can, you can express that in your poems. But it takes a lot of introspection and imagination. You know, something I would suggest is this sort of new technique in experimental poetry is that sometimes 
when you write a poem that's meant to be a spoken word poem, it sounds very different than when you write a poem that's meant to be read on the page. So I would suggest doing both, mm. writing two different poems with the same theme, with the same intention, but with rhythms that adapt to either a voice that's in your head or a voice that's reciting a poem out loud. So you can write a poem in two different ways and see how rhythm correlates. I don't know if it makes much sense, but yeah, that's kind of the impression totally I got. Does. It totally does. And now also something, Flavius, you said that I think is really important. And this is just from like an indigenous and um, yeah, like uh, colonized pers people's perspective. Um, if like the prosody, okay, so rhyme is prosody, is is prosody, right? Is part of prosody, yeah. and like and the forms that have been that we've used, that are sort of you like have been sort of co-opted by the ivory tower or whatever. Like, how dare we let that? I mean, I almost feel like I got like kind of like bitchy, almost like Flavius is right, like. How dare we let them take rhythm from us? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, I mean, look at, I mean, and you know me, me and my rock and roll. Like, right? Like, the rhythm is, like, so there's got, so I'm, again, leading into question number two, I didn't really have much to say about question number two, except for, like, if you feel like it's become that this form, that our traditional lyric forms, have become a cage. Like the only suggestions I have were like, maybe just start writing at the right hand margin or something. Just like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know. Just like fucking like, cause that's so simple, but like, do you know what I mean? It's like, but it might completely change. And, and, but then also just like what Flavia said, like write the same fucking poem, but one for stage and one for page, mm -hmm. like see what happens. But I'm sure, and then there's concrete poetry, and then there's, you know, all sorts of experiments going on with like images and poetry going on together. But I'm not, I feel like other yeah. people are going to have way better suggestions than just what I had to say. So I wanted to say that and then let everybody go. Raise your hands, people. <laughs> okay. John was first, <laughs> and then Flavius. Okay, well, it's it's uh, pretty standard advice, but I will just say that imagery and metaphor are the diamond saw and tungsten carbide drill of writing. <laughs> I love how you've used a, an imagery and a metaphor to do that. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is literally a metaphor, actually. Yes, it's not a similar. <laughs> it's not like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Was that it, babe? That's essentially it. I, you know, I, okay. I put in some, and everybody else started putting in poets in the yeah. chat who were right, socially right, conscious. Right. There's been some really, really good example. suggestions in the chat, actually, which I've been copying down into a, a doc, and I'm going to look at those later. Um, Flavius, did you have oh, to say about question number uh, two? I have kind of a suggestion, but I don't know if you. Would be of any use to you is that uh, have you read 
Stonebudge Blues. Yes, yes. Um, it's my favorite book ever. Yes. But yeah, if you if you go through it again, you realize it's sort of a, a structure to it, like it's almost uh, pondering and making you feel like there's uh, like a, a very great contrast to the good aspects of of the main character's life and the bad aspects and all these traumas surrounding it's like it's like like you're looking yourself in a mirror and the reflection is completely different from yeah from what's on here so by using the same structure as stonebrush blues i think you can give your poems a twist i don't really know how to put it better but it's, it's all about the rhythm it's all about rhythm and prose has structure. Displays and plays all along these long sentences and paragraphs, while poetry has rhythm, which is condensed. Okay, yeah. Anybody else for the second question? Smashing form. Let's help AJ smash form. <laughs> uh, just take yourself completely out of your comfort zone however any way you know just like sometimes I just don't like get your sharpie pens out like cut collage interpretive dance I'm not joking like just totally throw away yeah. everything that you that you like and just and just do something that get your head because I think a little bit maybe you're too you've got this idea of what you want and you're kind of in this and it's like you know just Go and do something completely like actually get yourself really out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Collaging and Sharpie pens are great. Yeah. <laughs> but not 12. You've got to get the full bumper pack, all the colors. <laughs> I completely agree with that. Moira, you had your hand up. Yeah. I was going to say the other thing to do as well is decide is it that you're feeling caged and constrained by it, or is it that you think? you shouldn't be using the rhyme so deciding what you're wanting to achieve as well um if you want to be experimental and things like that collaging and cutting up found poetry all that sort of thing um can help you to step out of your comfort zone but you can also step out of your comfort zone by taking different subjects and things mm -hmm. and it's deciding how you want to approach it is it that you feel that you shouldn't be writing this sort of poetry in that form and therefore you need to try something experimental or is it that you want to be experimental does that make sense yes um i think what I feel is that whenever I try to write stuff in sort of the forms that I'm used to, in 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 a, in a sort of lyric style, in in, in a style that I might um, do it like a, a an ordinary spoken word gig or something. Um, it doesn't feel adequate. And, and there is a thing, like that thing I said in, in, in the introduction about how it pisses me off that spoken word cadence is used in adverts these days. Like that really pisses me off. Like that, 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 that sort of 
it, it puts me off writing poems in that style because I just think this is just fundamental. This is content, you know, mm. it's, it's just, you know, so it's like, how do I find a way of, of doing something that does justice to this thing I'm trying to write about without, without it, without it being produced in a form that can be co-opted to sell chips, basically, yeah. you know. Um, Mid poetry is, poem, poetry is feel an image. I mean, we think of poetry as the words, but poetry is the feel and the image, which comes into, the feel might be the rhyme, or it might be the emotion, it might be how a word feels in your mouth, how it sounds, when it's spoken aloud, the connotations it makes within your brain. And it's going to be different for everybody. There's no, I don't think, I mean, some people's poetry has some bad poetry, but I don't think it's as easy as saying one form is right for something or not right for something. And also, if you follow a form and then in the middle of it, jerk out of the form. Mm. Yeah. You know, do that juxtaposition and that jarring and that sudden switch and change. Yeah. Um, to put it in a visual form, like you've got that, what is it, is it Schlinder's List or something, that film, and it's all black and white, and then you've got that one red image of a yeah. coat. So something where you've well, something that's straightforward, and then that sudden, whoa. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's actually quite, that's a, a, a really interesting, interesting idea, actually. Yeah, I, li I like that idea a lot, because yeah. it, you know, it shows sort of the breakdown of things and how chaos is coming about. That's just a brilliant suggestion. Yeah. It might almost be a way of ending one of the poems yeah no that's that's given me some ideas actually that yes yeah oh good I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> no, um but good ones yeah I, I hope i hope good ones anyway francis do you have anything to add to that yeah um i mean i i've I've seen AJ like do like some crazy things on stage, which were really experimental, um, like dominatrix in a chair and uh, getting rice thrown at you and things like that. And from a, and, and yeah. the whole form was a questionnaire. So I don't think you're short of ideas of how to like, ex like do strange forms. Yeah. I'm trying to think, um, Maybe it's the I try to get my head around the idea of I mean I guess there's you seem concerned about the idea of you know the idea of rhyming I suppose is is you know the yeah. idea of how it sounds commercial and I guess you know you've I have to say like I mean I know we've all been focusing on rhyme and one of the reasons is because AJ mentioned rhyme specifically in her first question but I think and correct me if I'm wrong AJ. Like, rhyme is just but one example of the sort of form 
these yeah. formalities that go with prosody that maybe are, I mean, you know, like we talked about this last week with me and how I find a blank page, like more constricting than I do the form. Yeah. Like, so I, I'm just, you know, like I, I'm just saying like, you know, I just want to make sure that we're not. We're, yeah, no, I, I mean, I've, I, I have mentioned rhyme because like that is, I think that is something that is going on in the, in the particular poems I've brought to read here today is there's a lot of a lot of rhyming that that, that I don't that I'm suspicious of um but I think more generally I mean it in that kind of I don't want it to seem to and also there's you know there's there's the fact that I feel like if I you know it it, it feels to me that one of the things yeah, that, that is a really good idea, actually, Carolyn has just put in the chat of setting out to destroy the poem, um, because I think one of the things that um, that I'm nervous of is I'm very conscious of this idea of poetry as something that is that is like a, a social good, um, but I don't that's supposed to give people hope. But I feel if I try to write something that's gonna give people hope, then I'm lying. Um, and I don't wanna do that. So it's a way of of writing something that isn't a lie, you know? Um, and, and, and I well, worry that if, have integrity if there's about easy closure in the poems, that's a excuse lie. Me, excuse me, AJ, I have a question about this now. Uh, do you want to leave people with a sense of total despair and hopelessness, or do you want to point, or do you want to point to somehow to a way out? I don't. I don't know. I don't know that there is a way out. Um, I think it's interesting that you're saying that as well, just AJ, because I think I, I think there's a sense in your poem that you are trying to give us hope mm. when there isn't hope there, and that's yeah. why it's not punching as hard as it could. Um, yeah. you know and I'm not saying that it's not one or the other it's not hope or hopelessness it's, yeah. it's just tuning into what your what your introduction was like tuning into the energy of that and maybe like the world is being destroyed just go and set your goal is to destroy the poem yeah <laughs> you know I don't know destroy do do it as do it as like a spoken word show but just gradually destroy the set as as it's been. Who? <laughs> gradually or, or make it in some kind of way where Set your guitar on fire and yeah one thing, I, the, the say... thing I want to say the other thing i want to say is i think there there is some hope and there is one way for poetry to work in that hope and that is to change people's minds right. yeah See, that's the thing. I, I, I don't think you can change people's minds with poems. I think, yeah. um, I, I think, and I don't know this. So there's a thing, right? I've, I've done comedy poems, um, and I've had people come up to me afterwards, and they've been like, um, "Oh, that poem made me cry," and like, I'm just like, "You didn't listen to what I said. You literally just." you saw me as a trans person reading a poem and you assumed that the poem was a tragic trans narrative and that's what you've 
that's what you've interpreted it as. And I think, and I think that is a problem with, um, and I think it is something that actually things like, this is where things like rhyme can be a problem is that um, because rhyme is aesthetically pleasing, because it appears to represent closure, people can think something is closed or something is inspiring or something is tied together when it's not. And, and it does suddenly occur to me that maybe one way of dealing with this would be to write poems that, that have that tied together quality imparted to them through rhyme. But when you actually read the words, they're horrific, like, like they're horrific sentiments. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I don't think you can persuade people. I, I think, um, you know, a, a lot, a lot of this is, is based on the fact that it just seems that, that, you know, I have not read any necroeco poetics, Lisa, and I would really, really, that sounds like something I would really want to check out because that sounds, that sounds really interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, to get so we don't like eat into Bart's time, which we. Sort I feel of like we have eaten bit. into Bart's time, and I, I am, I am kind of sorry about that. I was. Is I that? Was, is that one time? Um, I had some. I was having a conversation with a professor from Queens, and he told me that Paul Muldoon, you know, like who, you know, he edits the New Yorker poetry section, blah blah blah. He said that like when you have the when you have an idea for a poem, the thing that you need to do is think about the exact opposite of what you want that poem to be. Like try yeah. to think of ex like the absolute fucking opposite of whatever the fuck you think it should be like. Which I thought was an interesting thing to say. But um, okay, so I have to pee like a racehorse, so. <laughs> Because AJ is co-host, I'm going to let AJ introduce Bart. Is that okay, AJ? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Um, and I've made Bart a, a co-host as well. So um, I'm going to stop sharing my screen. And um, then Bart is going to be able to share his screen. And then I'll be just right back. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um everyone uh he is bought and oh this looks really interesting um yeah T take it away bought let me unmute myself cool but, yes yeah um how, how, how can i make this a bit bigger so we can like zoom in or something um all right here with computers um no no um okay so basically um what I do is I name my journals and I write. So um, I have like different journals that I kind Press of like. Press slideshow. Press slideshow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Um, Up at the top. File. Slideshow. Slideshow. Do you, uh, write. Am I right? I think F5 will also do it. I think, I think it might be blocked with. Oh, yeah. There you go. I couldn't see it because the Zoom thing was over it. Yeah. All right. Cool. So anyway, yeah. This, so this is just basically started off as one from of my current journals. slide. Press from current slide all the way on the left. Um, from again. Oh, from current slide. 
Yeah. Um, either of those. There you go. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, this is basically the name of my journal. Um, Rhythm analysis, fancy, and other poetic adventures. Um, is there a way that I can like share this screen and actually read on my computer at the same time? I don't know if I can do that. Um, that's hard. But um, so yeah. So anyway, what I'm going to do, I think, is I'll share like a couple of poems from um, this journal, and I'll talk a little bit about the idea of rhythm analysis and um, my writing, because pretty much that's all it is. It's going to be like a book on the idea of rhythm analysis and like my poetry, and it's been like a concept that I've been into um, for I don't know for quite a while now. Like since I started writing, really, and it's funny that Flavius mentioned rhythm because me and Flavius lived together for, for a while, so we've had lots of days like talking in the kitchen and stuff, all that kind of stuff. But um, so what is rhythm analysis, and why? Why am I writing about it? Um, so I got into it in my first term of uni. Um, everyone had to pick like a theorist out of a book and do like a presentation on one of their concepts. So I picked Henri Lefebvre and yeah, I didn't know who Henri Lefebvre was. <laughs> Neither did anyone, anyone else really that I knew. And, um, and then I picked the analysis because in the Wikipedia page, they had like noble ideas from analysis. And I kind of like, I looked, clicked on it and kind of liked the idea that he'd invented like his own way of looking at the world, his own way of like, um, seeing things, but anyway, this is Lefebvre. Um, one of the cool things about him is he he lived for pretty much the whole 20th century, and he wrote um, philosophy for pretty much the whole 20th century. So he covered it. Um, most notable works include the production of space, which is like the idea of like social space and and space in cities. Like a lot of his work is about kind of writing about cities and capitalism and alienation and um, kind of about how, you know, like um, people's, people's lives kind of um, interact with capitalism in the city. Um, yeah, he wrote The Critique of Everyday Life, which is, <laughs> in the, it's in the, is everyone mute? Um, it's an extensive critique of capitalism, which he wrote in three, volume, three volumes. So. Um, like the first volume was in the 40s, and it kind of like was writing against fascism. And then like the second volume was in the 60s, and then the third volume was in the 80s. So we kind of um, covered covered kind of um, what's it like to kind of live under capitalism and like everyday life within within like a lot of time periods. Um, he was kind of seen as a not as a Marxist. Well, he was a Marxist, and he was like their answer to their answer to Sartre. So when Sartre was kind of coming along and they needed, they needed someone with a Marxist perspective to be like, shut up, you know, <laughs> basically. <laughs> like, and I don't really rate Sartre, you know. Yeah, basically the leading philosopher's day, basically the Pokemon Marxists were like, we choose you, Lefebvre, to fight Sartre with. Um, I really like Sartre. So what is rhythm analysis? Okay. Um, 
So it's the name of his last book, which was the it was the um meant to be like the last part of um the critique of everyday life. So it's like I think mean, it came right in the nineties and it was like literally just before his death, really. And it was meant to be like his most important work, his most important thing he did. Um, and it's a theory that proposes like a new way of looking at the world through the, through the idea of rhythm, like everything is rhythm, but like in a way that doctors say that rhythm is some, in a way that like for like a gymnast, like rhythm would be movement or music, it would be sound. If you're a dancer, yeah, it'd be dance. Historian, it would be like looking at look at the times and stuff. He generally just means like everything has a rhythm, like like literally the most the most general concept of rhythm you can get. And then he looks at the world through it, like everything. If that kind of makes sense. Um. So yeah, in his very basic, uh, let's go back. Yeah, so wherever there's repetition, there's rhythm. And wherever there's repetition, there's difference. And wherever there's difference, there's measure. So with, so if you have repetition, difference, measure, that's basically time. That's basically the existence of time um, or how we understand it. Um, yeah, so it is like you start with this abstract idea of rhythm, then you apply it to the con con concrete. And that's pretty much how philosophy works, really. Um, the main thing about rhythm analysis is that there are two types of rhythms, the cyclical rhythms and linear rhythms. So cyclical rhythms is day and night, um, like flowering, like pretty much the natural world, really. Everything has a rhythm, like our bodies, you know, the toilet and stuff. And then linear rhythm would be more about like the spread of knowledge, spread of propaganda on the TV, like the building of things, um, like linear time. The clock, how we kind of go around that, and um, there's such a thing as a nested rhythm, which is like when well, these two rhythms they combine all the time, pretty much. Um, as you can see in like a capitalist society, um, you know, <laughs> we get off of stuff, but um, so like a nested rhythm would be like, um, it'd be like, 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 like in language say like an aphorism, say like Nietzsche or someone has like an aphorism, it would be like um, the way that that's, or even poetry, basically poetry, like lines of poetry that are kind of catchy, you know, it goes with the breath and a human, in a human way of saying things. Um, but it's also like linear, if that makes sense? So it's like the cycle going over the linear. Um, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can explain it that much more. That's the main, the main details. But um, basically, when I let me go go to my journal. Yeah, like basically, I was very shy. You know, not very self-aware, but <laughs> very shy as a student. And I, I often kind of assumed that teachers knew more about everything we studied. And who knows, maybe they did, but nowadays, like, I wouldn't think a lecturer would would necessarily read a lot of Lefebvre, you know, because most of these ideas, they are obscure, you know, they're outside the everyday, they're kind of outside the everyday, in a way that philosophy and science are both obscure, 
Um, and poetry is kind of like that because it's also kind of obscure, but it's also obscure in a way that it, it kind of creates the obscure image of the world. Um, other than, yeah, other than playing sports, going to the gym, drinking alcohol, um, the one thing I really liked um, at this time, no, I wasn't really writing poetry, I was kind of writing poetry, um, was hip hop, basically. So I'd have my iPod on and then I'd probably walk back and forth, like the 30 minute journey to the gym or to lectures and stuff, like twice a day, probably. So it's probably about two hours walking and listening to hip hop and kind of listen to my heartbeat. Um, go in and kind of having like all these lyrics kind of rolling around in my head and stuff um, and I got really obsessed with hip-hop um, after after my dad had some mental health problems when I was a teenager and um, he left me in the desert in India um, <laughs> I know it was kind of probably had a moment like that but um, that like literally happened um, but like so after that I started getting really into rap music and my grades went up and I got more into sport and everything really. Um, found it very like motivational. And like, I also noticed like the lyrics, like like the rappers were, you know, kind of mirrored the progress in the song and stuff. It was always about all, oh, it was always about bettering yourself really. And a lot of it was kind of about bettering the world, like socially conscious and stuff. Um, and that's also something I should share with my brother who made, directed hip hop and like drum and bass and stuff. Um, movies at, at the time actually so he had all these time lapses like time lapse photography that he um, had put together or, or had like in his music videos and I used that in my presentation um, in my second year of uni I moved in with friends who had a trampoline and they were magicians and, and that kind of helped with the, the idea of rhythm and writing and stuff I felt like the trampoline gave me like much better um, performance. And then it was much better at writing poetry actually just from doing like a cardio workout every day. Um, and then I got a typewriter and I started performing poetry. And then by the end of the year, I started performing poetry with the typewriter. So I started performing the act of writing and the act of language. And then we moved to uni and we all got, no, we moved to Bristol. We moved to a city for the first time. So I lived in the city and got to see all the urban rhythms. And um, also we all got kind of <laughs> like I don't know just like basic jobs really but you got to kind of also see see that like how we all basically became kind of I don't know not slaves but kind of like basically working kind of low-paid capitalist kind of jobs like if you're working in the kitchen you kind of are aware of um you know like, like food coming in food coming out that kind of thing um okay so I'll, I'm going to share some poems now um, sorry, how do I go back to Zoom? I'm um, rubbish with technology. Uh, hello. Okay. Um, Unshare the screen. Yeah, what can you see now on the screen? Same as we could before. Okay, <laughs> that's rubbish. Um, PowerPoint, basically. 
So if you unshare share again, it'll let you pick a different screen to share. Okay. okay. Sorry. Thank you. Um, okay. Cool. Okay. So these are the poems I've written. Um, I kind of wrote, wrote them quite fast. Um, can just you open the screen a little bit, like? You see it? Like, well, I can, but like it's really small. Can you like widen the document? Uh, yeah. Like take the cursor and make the document bigger. You, you see where it says a hundred percent? You need to yeah. just click like on the, the plus. Oh yeah. One hundred twenty percent. Yeah. Um, sort of. A bit more. Sort of what I've had, but I don't know why. Oh, um, you wanted me to get rid of the stuff yeah. in the background. Um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not. It's okay. Technology person, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I, I should, I should be better at this kind of thing. Um, but anyway, what I did with this was just something I wrote kind of quickly. And then when I open it in my browser, it like tears it apart. So basically it's just like a, kind of a block poem or like a, like kind of just short lines all in a row kind of poem. And then I open it. And it kind of pulls it apart. And when I did this with a couple of poems, um, that I wrote in various kind of experimental ways, um, I, I felt they were better. They were better when I put them like this anyway. So um, yeah, here's some, some of the kind of rhythm analysis kind of poems. Deep breaths as I dig in tonight, woolly turf in the land of turf and ancestors slowly sitting up in their graves grow back their hair and skin, grow back their walk, their walk. My mind grows back their time as I dig into my soul, my long nothing of a body, my penis, a fountainhead of sin and nothing. I think of the great hunger and I think of Patrick Kavanaugh's poem and his depiction of the rural bachelor and his depiction of the bachelor's penis. I think of the penises of my ancestors, the ones who didn't marry and were married and were instead and instead we're married to the road and walking, married to the mountain at sunset when it disappeared, and married again in the morning, married to nature's channels on sky, to Catholicism and Protestantism, to personal belief systems, to brick and rubble. The further back we go, the origin location changes back and forth between areas of sea, only birds have a say over. With the eyes of a rook, always hovering above uneven ground, Near a vast ocean, I look and send messages back and forth between the living and the living dead. Isn't the, the need to explain ways of being, ways of seeing, ways of speaking, even through dialectical materialism and social and cultural theory, just a way of drawing separation between us? But to learn the rhythm of one poet is to enter a different world than theirs and how it moves with their breath. I am stirred again by, by the presence of others and the absence of lonely nights. Innumerable fantasies, many of them evil, come and go through the past. And now the good fantasy grips the left of my chest where it's been beaten loudly for a few days. And warmth has entered my brain through my body as I run in autumn along the windy riverside and picture the fuck ups of my past lying in the way to a future that exists in dreams created by others 
in that word that is written like the city that was the birthplace of a Polish poet whose biography I am reading now, Love. Um, and let me find another one. This mechanic has a title in the Reverend Alice's workshop. First, I'd like us to begin with a two minute plank. Or rather, see how long you can last for. See how you feel after 30 seconds or a minute. Listen to your breath change and how your heart rate increases slowly. Then, when you start to feel a strain, focus on what part of your body the strain is in your belly, your arms. This is where you need to build. What's your posture like as a plank? How is it being a plank? Can you hear wind outside blowing rain against your window? Do these things seem closer now? Now, drop your knees, retract back into whatever feel like position feels natural. Let the sight of your senses in. Feel how dizzy you are, feeling the world spin. Your soft hair on the matted rug over a carpet over a rough carpet, you can feel how high up you are in your room at the top of this three-story shared house. The whole structure slanted and unstable on this long street that rises in the middle like a cake. All the houses sloped slightly at the back and at the start and end of the street. You knew when you moved in that the strength of a building was never a match for you. And then only sometimes will there be a question living in the back of your ha, ha, ha. It's hard to speak about loneliness without speaking about whatever love means in that particular moment. Love's purpose is to provide fulfillment and compel us to serve others. The strength of a building will never match the strength of a person, or rather, it will never be as secure as a person. Not here, touching, listening to wind, soft rain, falling on the spinning earth, lopsided spinning vision, feel it, then let it go. And here we are again, struggling to think in a measure of sequence of rhythm. The sequence moves forward and goes back as we forget the end or even sometimes the middle of the sequence. So this singular sequence always feels like the last flicker of light in a hallway that connects us to others, to other people. But if we, were, if we were always doing what we were good at, we wouldn't feel like this at all. If we weren't always doing what sucked the world into our bellies and lungs, a weight that broke our wings off and forced them to regrow, we would have no problem getting to the end of the corridor. Maybe we would just fly, fly upwards like crazy discover all this space we ignored for so long, all this space that belongs to us. Thank you, just those two poems today, I think. Great. I will share, yeah. And I stop sharing again, okay, cool. Do you have questions? 
Yeah, I do. I, I have to share my screen again. Yeah, it's not <laughs> over. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I have questions. Okay, there they are. Should I, should I read them out or? Yeah. Um, what do you find interesting about the idea of Roman masters? Does it seem like too broad a concept? Um, question two, is the concept of Roman masters difficult to understand? Question three, what do you think of the layout of the poems? Would they work better without the torn apart effect? Are they hard to read? What do you think about the use of pronouns and pronouns in the two poems? Is I overused in the first and is you overused in the second? Um, five, is it too wanky? Self-indulgent, personal. If yes, do you have any suggestions to reduce this? If no, what do you think works well about the personal focus of this project? Um, question six, what did you like, not like about my talk and poems? Okay, okay. so can you, can you, make your word document bigger like with your arrow with your cursor a little bit on your screen no just go to the first question that's good okay yeah, oh yeah, yeah, all right so let's talk about analysis <laughs> who's got what to say I think everybody's going to need to unmute themselves because it's difficult for me to see who's got their hand up. Mm. Like it, it's not doing what it did before, which is give me my full screen of being able to see. Oh, now I got it. Okay. So rhythm analysis. Is it too broad a concept? Yes, no? Uh, well, yeah, I, I think from that lack of silence, we've seen <laughs> that. Uh, I'd like to know a little bit more about the applications that Lefebvre mm. put for rhythm analysis. Yeah. Um, I'm just feeling like a little bit, um, and kind of get it a little bit. Um, I was interested in the idea of the opposition between linear and cyclical i think like um an illustrate like more illustrations of it to try and get like, what kind of you know I, I still couldn't kind of summarize what what it was yeah yeah more more, more punctual yeah time zones and different kind of things like that i mean was there any kind of like quotes or examples from yeah, well, I kind of basically had like the diary that I've been writing, which didn't really have that much of that in it because it was kind of like a diary. And then I realized when I'm having to do it as a presentation, suddenly I'm going to have to, you know, find more quotes and stuff. Yeah, maybe. But then again, like, like um, that would just be the purpose of to you. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't other than me, like, showing this to you as like a talk, like in the actual book. Like, you know, because there's going to be a pamphlet, that's my idea. Um, 
like I'd I don't know how much I'd want to quote him. You know what I mean? I just kind of like have, have my own interpretation, or, or I'd have that have that at the very beginning, like how much of it I can involve. If that makes sense. Uh, I, was, I got mixed up. I thought like, was is this? We're getting mixed up between like the poetry that you've written and the um, you know the presentation. Doing the presentation, yeah, because it's not it's a presentation of like the book, but um, but but yeah, yeah, I had to like um, so like yeah, so in the book, I I should probably um. Yeah, I still have to make it clear, don't I? But just with like not too much information. Like I can't like I can't basically just rewrite what he says <laughs> in the beginning of the book, if that makes sense. Yeah. But um around um a presentation you were presenting because of the presentation. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I made the PowerPoint and stuff. I thought like, okay. I mean, do you know when people talk about Roland Barthes, they always like he's got a famous kind of image about analyzing uh, wrestlers and about how wrestling isn't real, but you pretend it's real. And people go, Oh, yeah, I get what, what Bart's talking about now. Yeah, we're talking about um, presentation and representation versus reality. And we, you know, what's the fantasy that we pretend is real for the moment, you know, suspension of reality. But I don't, I mean, if there was something, uh, is there something equivalent in? In the Faber, uh, are you saying that you think that? Uh, well, the Faber would be like he he would be kind of um, critiquing like structuralism. You know, what I mean, because it's just everything. You know, it's just like everything's one. But but um. But yeah, what did people think about Ravnalsis? Did they did they kind of get? Was it? Is it like a new idea? The idea sounds interesting to me, but a little bit vague. And uh, perhaps uh, hearing, seeing it applied to a specific example or a specific situation would perhaps make it a little bit uh, clearer. Yeah. Yeah, I think. You know, and, like... and also, also, you know, I, there's something in mathematics called Fourier analysis, where you break things up into sine waves that are always repeating and stuff like that. And that seems to be uh, something that's very similar uh, that they use in engineering and all sorts of stuff uh, to, to what his ideas are. So cycles within yeah. cycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, no, I am. There are some separate things and stuff, but yeah, I'm just kind of using it that as like a theory, as like a way of documenting my life. Does that make sense? Mm. Through like poems or through like diary or whatever. Like, um, yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah. There's always been like, I don't know, there's always been like, like, you know, like with my writing or something, there's always been like a slight way of kind of just looking at things because like um, it is also, it's Marxism. So it's critiquing like, um, yeah, capitalism and living under capitalism and stuff like that. So it's kind of quite relevant, just quite relevant to like writing about everyday life, really. Well, because <laughs> that's the name of his book as well. But yeah. like, um, but yeah, yeah, like, I don't see the I don't see the Marxist analogy uh, really. Well, in the in the Rimnazis, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I don't I don't see that applies, but you know, that's maybe chapter two or something or chapter ten. Or... I well, it's just how I. Presented it to you. That okay. makes sense. 
but um but but yeah no it is it is hardcore marxism like because the linear and the um it is basically just marxism rhythm analysis basically is just a form of marxism because it's um because like the the rhythms he's um the rhythms that he's analyzing are largely human like like biological rhythms and then society which is capitalism the society within the way in is capitalized say is um capitalism so he's basically just the rhythms he's um analyzing are capital are capitalist rhythms if that makes sense yeah okay so yeah and okay the other the, the other thing i'm jumping ahead a little bit the the concept that i didn't terribly terribly understand also is uh, the linear rhythms you know because if you say that a rhythm is something that's going to have to repeat if something is linear it doesn't necessarily repeat now you can you can you can do some of that also in like a fourier transform and stuff so maybe you can still do it in mathematics but you know that that's also something that was maybe a little unclear yeah 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 so like um there's obviously like an issue here like in terms of like how much time yeah exactly yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? like there's yeah. there's gonna be but but there, nonetheless like any like holes that have been you know obviously that are like missing between connecting the theories and Bard's poems are a function of time but are yeah yeah. Letting you know that they are there is useful, no matter like how much. Do you know what I mean? Like I think that's yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I don't know if anybody has been seeing in the chat like that. Flavius, why don't can you just tell everybody your toaster theory? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cause I can't well, scroll up the stupid chat to read it. So well. <laughs> You know, uh, rhythm analysis, the way I see it, and I don't really see the way Bart sees it, because he probably has read more Lefebvre than I have, and I'm kind of biased against Lefebvre, because Lefebvre is somewhat of, he's just taking Marx's uh, schemes and using them to analyze culture, which is fine, but he's not really implementing them in in politics, economics, or society itself. Right. He doesn't ask for a revolution, which is not in tune with my belief. But the point is, uh, like a toaster, you know, we believe that the numbers are just minutes, like in a microwave. But the reality is it's, it's a whole different concept, which we don't really even wonder about. We just set it, it runs, it pops the toast out, we somehow have an idea of how the toast is going to come out depending on the number, but we don't really know how much time is going to be there. So, in my eyes, rhythm analysis like looking at life, looking at life with a filter, filter of rhythm, gazing at the way people walk, the way sounds collide with each other, the way birds chirp in the park and how everything has a structure. Every rhythm has a structure, just like in a poem. Rhythms are structured to evoke intention. And I think that's kind of one of the main points that Lefebvre makes in his books, but 
I haven't dealt enough to say with clarity what he really means by rhythm. Well, if we well, if you don't look at something through a filter, then you're going to look at it in the other way, which is when you're going to look at um, individual things like in a scientific way. You know what I mean? And then you're going to like go upwards and try and make like some big theory. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So what he's doing is he's um, basically what Philosophy does is like what he's doing is he's taking like the theory his concept, like a very bland concept of the idea that everything's rhythm, and then using that as a way of understand the world that way which is like you know it's something that we do as writers quite a lot i think okay we're not scientists are we but in anyway. order to go no, in order to move along and uh, because i'm the one i gotta be like a timekeeper here which is really weird um like so basically from what we can understand from what's been said so far by bart and the discussion like let's go to questions three, four, five, um, the layout of the poems. I'm not, I, I think probably getting into the notion of trying to connect rhythm analysis to Bart's poems at this point would be much too deep a subject. And Bart, I would have a suggestion, maybe like we can do that next time. Ne like, do you know what I mean? Like you- Yeah, next time I'll- other poems, like more meaty poems. Yeah, I just thought I'd, well, no, no, yeah. but, but I probably well, won't be able to talk about them as much next time. Your time is your time. So, but I was just thinking, as, like, as an idea, like, if you wanted to try to connect the rhythm analysis to your poems, like, more explicitly for us, that could be something that you can do. But in terms of getting these questions answered right now, um, so the layout, layout of the poems, would they work better without the torn apart effect? Are they hard to read? I'm gonna go and say that I think that the layout of the poems work and I don't think they would work better without the torn apart effect. And I didn't think they were hard to read. Interestingly though, like there's a page stage thing going on with that, right? So. AJ, you have your hand up. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to start by saying um, I don't think you should necessarily do the poems down and say that they're not that meaty. I mean, you have the penises of your ancestors in the first poem, which is a which is a fantastic image. Um, I really like the layout in this, and I think it does make them hard to read but I think that's part of the point. It makes you aware of the fact that you're reading them, which is, which is very much a kind of modernist um, approach. Um, I'm very slowly making my way through Finnegan's Wake at the minute. And one of the things that I've found is that it helps to actually read that book aloud. But when you read it aloud, you inevitably come to moments when you're reading it, when you stumble. Um, and the stumbles are kind of built into the text because it's almost like you have to, you feel like a kid trying to learn to read again. But that's kind of like what the book is trying to do to you. And I think with these poems, they made me feel really aware of the way that my eyes were moving, reading. Um, and I think that's especially 
I think as a way of dramatizing for the reader, the idea of rhythm analysis, actually making the eyes dart from one side of the page to the other and almost, and stumble at points. I think that's actually, that's a really interesting effect. I actually really like that. Yeah. You put it way better than I did. Thanks. <laughs> you, think, you, see, you think that works? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, no, I think it definitely does work. I think it's, it is really interesting. I, I probably wouldn't find them uninteresting if they were in a more traditional form, but I think the jumping back and forth really makes you, and I think it's interesting in the first one as well that there's um, all that stuff about being married to things in a poem which is also constantly splitting apart. There's definitely something really interesting at a kind of metaphorical level in that. Anybody else? Yeah. Tore it apart? Yeah, me, me. Um, problems. So yeah, on, on whether they're hard to read, yes, they, they are hard to read. First of all, I'm a bonehead and whenever I see a poem in two columns, I never really know if I'm supposed to read across or read down, but um, that's okay. The one thing that uh, is kind of difficult, I think, is that, you know, if you have a word, a phrase in the left column and a phrase on the right column, I don't know if the they're going to align or this is, you know, this one's going to be below the, the next one or, or mm. it's going to be above it or something like that. So, uh, you know, it might, I don't know what, how you give the reader a clue to how that works or if you can, but that might make it a little bit easier to, to track. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that like I can't tell because because I know that on I know it already once I've messed it up yeah. that like I can't yeah. I can't that's good thanks for pointing that out yeah I think yeah I'll just have to play around a bit to do that yeah I mean that's the part of the thing about the right margin isn't it is like like the whole that and that's one of the deals about doing what we're doing like in terms of like trying to scratch poetry is that like it's hard to, and I, but I also, I mean, what, I, like a question for you, for, like just randomly is since you're, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but um, I know that you are sort of like me, I guess, like more performance oriented as a poet, like what's the, if there's so much paginess in your in your poetry how do you express that like in a performance situation like because you just read those and the the stuff in the right margin like if i i think if i had closed my eyes i wouldn't have known that they were in the right margin and that and that's you know something that you know like you like we could have talked about bob scanlon's class for like ten thousand years do you know what i mean but like mm. Like it's an interesting, I just like as an idea or not as an idea, just a thought. Like, I mean, how does that like, and then you could very easily tie that to the rhythm analysis. Um, but okay, so then to move on to the pronouns. Oh, just a quick. To oh, sorry, Carolyn. Sorry, Carolyn. <laughs> what you're saying there, I think it felt to me that the poem, this was a poem that was to be seen. I don't think it's this was a spoken poem because it, it was very much what you could see on the page. Um, so yeah, I think it was to be seen. Is that how you saw it, Bart? Bart? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, basically, I just 
um, it was like a poem that was kind of maybe a quick ranty kind of poem. Like it was a spoken poem though. Both of those poems were spoken poems. And then what I did was I opened them in a web browser and it pulled them apart. So they're just poems yeah, I wrote so very quickly that. so in lines. So was that pulling apart done by some, was that done by you or by some other thing? No, it's just done by the fact that I opened it in the web browser. Oh, wow, interesting. You know, so I didn't choose. That is so weird because I read the left-hand column a bunch of times or the right-hand margin, like, and it totally had its own narrative or parts of it did anyway. So I totally thought it was intentional. Isn't that hilarious when shit like that happens? Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> so like, yeah, so it, it was trying to get like a poem that maybe exists kind of in voice and stuff, but then also give it a more visual. Right. Um, um, yeah, that's really interesting because there's there's a bit right in the middle where I really felt like the way that it was putting itself apart was totally reflecting what the words were saying. And my memory's terrible, so that I won't come come to it. I can still see it. That's really interesting. Yeah, mm. totally. Um, do we have opinions about the pronouns? Oh no. Yes, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't notice it really. Like I, mean, I think, like it seemed like the they were the two poems had their purpose, and the use of the pronouns was exactly what was ex executing the purpose of each poem. If that makes any sense. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I just, like, yeah. I, when you're talking about are... investors. Hi, cutie. Come on. Back in here. Yeah, yeah, it's just that they were totally pretty much all in I, 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 and all you, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think, well, I don't know. I, do, I mean, I really, I'd have to look at them more closely. Um, up here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I from just from that reading, I didn't feel like they were out of control usages of I pronouns. But it seemed like that was they were the pronouns were doing what they were supposed to do from the reading. And last question. Or there's two more questions. Wanky, self-indulgent, self-suggestions. Let's go. <laughs> Somebody told me tonight, um, I was trying to describe him what we were doing, and he was like, oh, so you're basically doing the Iowa school where everybody gets drunk and, like, insults you like Cheever? <laughs> and, then, and then Shane smokes Paul Malls like Vonnegut. And I was like, yeah, no, we're trying to do the exact opposite of that. <laughs> Actually, like, what the fuck? Like, whatever. Anyway. Richard Yates, Richard Yates. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. But so, anybody have any answers to those questions? Uh, definitely not wanky, self indulgent, no, because it was um, about the individual, wasn't it? About the individual in the system, I think is what I was getting from it rather than just, you know, you personally, although it was tied to your personal story, but it, um, I think that it didn't come across as, no, definitely not. <laughs> okay. 
but could you see maybe like that the idea of using rhythm analysis which is like when you're looking at rhythms and you know and you're looking at like the self as having like so many rhythms you know what i mean like like one of the things lefebvre says is that like um like capitalism makes us look at ourselves as objective as like objects but actually you know we have so many different rhythms so like if you're kind of if you kind of start to unwind that and you start to write about yourself I don't know, it, 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 it becomes very personal, I think. But there's a difference what? between personal and blanky and self-indulgent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, Maybe, yeah. But well, I love how you uh, I love how you put wanky, but then like the whole first poem is talking about the lineage of your penis. <laughs> that, that's why that's what I'm very much, you know what I mean? It's, it's all about like, yeah, I don't know. Seriously. Yeah, but, but 